Bearcat Bounce Podcast, back at it again. I am Brent Young, and as always, joined by my dear friends, Aaron Smith and Chad Brendel. Aaron and Chad, how are we? Doing all right. Just a little quick trip to Florida, tag and back at it. So we're we're back here, getting things Welcome done. Back. Welcome back, Chad. How are we? I'm out of bed for the first time in four days with yeah. uh, back spasms, so... I was I was fearful that I was going to have to do this from bed, but I'm in my office chair, so we'll see how it goes. It, it took Tracy McGrady out, but here you are, still kicking. I'm I'm proud of you. I'm a trooper. I'm a trooper. <laughs> and of course, of course, this isn't every other Monday. That means we have budding Hollywood star from Otterbein University. He wore number 24 in the old game programs, but he is 25. number one. He is number one in our hearts. Just number 25. five. Oh, just number five. If you did your research, you would know I was 24 for my first two years and five for the last year. Well, you better check that senior <laughs> program. The letter winner, Brady Collins. Brady, how's Hollywood? Oh, as always, I love the intro. Doing great, boys. Camp's right on the horizon. Um, you know, just soaking up some family time and doing some things here and there in the weight room to make sure we got everything ready for higher ground. But everything's going well and can't wait to get it rolling. So uh, we got to start with the important ask, stuff. Yeah, yeah I was going to ask. We got to start with the important stuff. Brady and staff finally made the trip. La Tortaloca. Let's hear it, Mr. Collins. Was I wrong in my recommendation that it is some of, that it is some of the finest cuisine that greater Cincinnati has to offer? You were nowhere near wrong in your recommendation for La Torta Loca. It lived up to all the expectations. And um, I'm kind of sad that it took this long for me to get out that way. But, uh, you know, it was last week. I told the staff, I said, hey, as soon as we're done, I said, we're going to lunch, boys. I'm taking you out. They said, oh, yeah, where are we going? I said, I got you. And uh, told them where we we're going. Obviously, you know, it was worth every bit of the 20 drive to get there out there, you know, just uh, – South of Florence, wherever it's at there. And, uh, I mean, unbelievable. Unbelievable. The food, I mean, melted in your mouth. So delicious. So fresh. And, uh, again, I mean, some of my assistants, they said that's some of the best food they've had in the greater Cincinnati area in their whole time here. What did you get and did you finish it? So, again, I was not afraid, but I knew that the La Torta Loca would be It'd be on the heavier side. And again, no, I get the Pepito, which is the heaviest of the options. I mean, the Pepito look heavy. <laughs> well, the Pepito is chicken, steak, bacon, French fries, cheese, and sauce. It's the heaviest of the heavy. That's, that's up there, my friend. And uh, <laughs> you know, we're sitting there and, you know, we're watching all the food come out. And obviously, you know, we're asking the the waiter and everybody, hey, what should we get? And everybody, oh, La Torta Loca, La Torta Loca. And, uh, you know, so again, I was timid. I, we ordered some, you know, chips and pico, some chips and homemade guacamole for the table. And those were unbelievable. And uh, when it came down to it, I got the Norenta, I think it was, which was just steak and uh, onions, guacamole, all that stuff. And it was delicious. But, um, you know, around the table, everybody pretty much got the La Torta Loca. One guy got street tacos and it was, I mean, every bite, everybody was like, Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I mean, 
I don't know what that bread is. I don't know if there's some spell they put on <laughs> bite and it just disintegrates and melts in your mouth. But uh, I mean, unbelievable establishment. Um, highly recommend it to everybody out there. It is worth every bit of your penny of the drive. Um, you might feel it later, but that's okay. That's that's because it's really good food. Um, but it was it was a great great time. You finished. I finished. You, you, and I did not eat anything for the rest of the day. That's the thing. It's it's a, it's a one meal. Like if you have it, for, if you're going to eat the whole thing, do not plan to eat anything the rest of the day. I was done. I think we uh, we left there around two. Pretty sure I was on the treadmill and in my home gym by four or five o'clock. <laughs> I've heard, and I'm not a guacamole guy. I've heard their guacamole is the greatest guacamole on the planet. I, I don't know what special they do to it, but I've heard rave reviews about the guac. It was, it was really, really delicious. Um, and again, I think, uh, you know, one of my assistants, he's kind of got um, some Puerto Rican heritage to him. So he's very, you know, well-versed in, you know, Mexican culture and Puerto Rican and all that stuff. And the one thing him and I kept talking about was, you know, the cilantro that they had and everything. It was so fresh. It was so perfect. Sometimes people can overdo it or, you know, maybe not as much. And I think that really stuck out. Just the, the guac, again, wasn't too spicy, wasn't too mild. It was just, it was perfect. And, uh, you know, again, just a, a, a 10 out of 10 by far for La Torre Loca. So, and, and a little, a, a little scoop, maybe one coming up towards campus. As we were told by the, uh, the lovely owners of that establishment that they are trying to open a, uh, a place over here in Clifton within the next year, which we all saluted and said that would be a dynamite uh, decision because no doubt I know there's a bunch of O linemen, D linemen that would be going there every single day, but no doubt we would be taking our staff and many others there. That's what I was going to ask is, is this going to be part of your new regimen for your, uh, your O line and D line? <laughs> it's something that we are going to advise to a lot of people. It was funny because, you know, again, I was, I was talking to a bunch of the guys. I'm like, hey, have you ever had La Torta Loca and this and that? And, you know, some of them are like, oh, yeah, it's unbelievable. Um, a lot of local guys, you know, yeah, I used to go there in high school and this and that. And then some guys are like, no, I've never been there. And then you tell them about it. And then all of a sudden, you know, two days or even a day later, they go there. They text you back. Oh, my gosh, unbelievable. And it's so, again, just like anything, it's been it's been talked about. It's been preached. It's been um, put out there for the world. You got to go. You got to experience it because it is, it's unbelievable. Mike Rayfelt was there over the weekend. He's nice. hooked. Aaron Hemmler, who has been on the, the BCJ podcast, the football trainer, I think he eats there two to three times a week. Him and his wife are addicted to La Torta Loca. I've got you hooked now. I, I, it's, it's a thing. It's a thing at UC that I've gotten everybody hooked on La Torta Loca. They have to open in Clifton now. They have to. They have no choice. I mean, Himmler, like I said, Himmler's a certified member. He's got a card, everything. He gets probably 10% off every purchase that he makes because he's there every single day. But uh, it is. It's just great people, great food, great atmosphere. Um, you can't go wrong. I mean, so. All right. Now you guys can have your regular show. That's, I'm, I'm done. Saying, I'm out. I'm saying. I'm out. Porto Loca sounds like it's something that is gaining momentum something that is picking up steam, something that is getting a lot of notoriety, getting a lot of fame, something that people might love. Sounds a lot like the football program recently 
getting a lot of notoriety, a lot of fame, forward momentum. And now I got to tell you, Brady, I love the Let It Fly miniseries. Episode one came out. You were the star. You got to get your headshot ready now. Put that on the resume. And we'll see what other gigs come after that. But tell me, how did this come, come along? How did they kind of bring the staff together and, and say, hey, we're thinking this and kind of pitch it to you guys? Or, or what was your first known interactions of, of this coming apart? And what did you think of the first episode? Uh, I mean, I think I kind of caught wind of it, you know, about a month ago. Cause and Kelsey and them, you know, kind of gave me a heads up of what they were trying to do. And, you know, this great idea that they had to just, again, draw more attention to this unbelievable program that we're a part of and uh, unbelievable people that are, you know, a part of it as well. And uh, so, you know, kind of started with that. And, um, you know, weeks went by and then Cause kind of gave me a heads up like, hey, we're going to come down. You know, what day's good for you to shoot a little interview and just kind of ask some questions. And um, they came down, you know, did did their little deal. And uh, I had no idea where it was going to go and, you know, what they were going to use it with. But then you kind of saw the teaser and you saw the second teaser and then, you know, you saw the final product. And, you you know, I, I mean, I, I was blown away. And again, I know I'm always biased to what it is that we do in this program and how, you know, everything's run within and out. But, uh, you know, when you watch it, it does. It gives you goosebumps. It gets you excited. I think it's really, really well done. It's one of the coolest things I've ever seen in all of my places as far as digital media and, you know, just um, program pumping and just kind of an inside look at what it is. And uh, I think it's only scratching the surface. Um, you know, I'm, get, I'm really excited to see what comes, you know, within this next week at higher ground and, you know, the weeks to follow up to the game week. But um, just an unbelievable thing that they've done and i mean it's awesome i love it like i've always said on this podcast I, any publicity for this program and our guys i'm all about it and uh it was it was a really cool uh feature that they did so what were you actually typing when you were sitting at your desk uh nothing <laughs> <laughs> it uh you know they down they took some still shots of the office and all that stuff and uh you know, again, just kind of one of those things kind of helps set the, the narrative or the mood for the show or the intro or whatever it was. Again, at the time, I had no idea what they were going to put this part in or whatnot. There could still be more pieces of that interview throughout the series. I hope so, because there's a lot of good stuff in there, as always. But, uh, you know, they were like, uh, they're like, hey, just go, you know, act like you're uh, at your desk, like doing some work. And I'm like, all right. So I kind of just turn awkward and act like I'm typing and. It was funny, too, because it made the cut. I didn't think it would, but, you know, he was like, hey, sound check. He's like, say your name and then say one, two, three. So I said my name and I go one, two, three. And that actually made the cut. And I was just kind of like, I thought that was supposed to be a sound check. <laughs> <laughs> so did you have to, like, dust anything off then when you sat down? Oh, no, no. I mean, uh, <laughs> you know, as, as crazy as I am, I, I try to be as organized and uh, neat with my office, even though the walls don't look that way. They got stuff all over the place and you know, got pictures and um, colorings that my kids do. I put them all over the office and all that. But uh, it was really just kind of, you know, hey, here, here we go, sitting down, make sure this isn't in the camera's way and all that kind of stuff. And uh, it was uh, it was fun. So you obviously have been caught in your office twice. First was <laughs> the uh, the infamous Luke Fickle TikTok video that you guys 
that you weren't really fooled on. Some other people were really fooled pretty heavily, Pat Lambert. But um, <laughs> aside from that, you were able to kind of watch this as footage from the guys getting after it in the weight room, the guys getting after it, conditioning on the field. Is this something that you normally get to do? Kind of have, do you tape workouts? Do you have the ability to go back and, and watch? Or is this kind of your first time being able to see it replayed and, and kind of see like, wow, this is awesome. We did have good energy there, different things of that sort. Um, no, I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. Anytime there's, you know, a video put out by our media department um, or, you know, someone else that comes in, films something, I'm definitely, I'm always watching. And the biggest thing I'm watching for it's not exactly like am I, I'm not watching myself. Like I could give a shit about that. I'm not watching my coaches. It's really like, all right, the camera's focused on this guy. What are those guys in the background doing? Right. Because, you know, again, I think anytime a camera's on you, people are going to act a certain way. They're going to make sure they're doing things right. They're going to put on a little show, all that stuff. And rightfully so that just comes nature with it. But when the camera's not on you, what are you doing? And uh, to me, that's the coolest thing to always watch with any video that's put out there, whether it's our program or others, because, again, there's something we can learn, whether it's, uh, you know, a workout, a run, any type of thing. But, um, again, I'm very detail oriented and kind of crazy in the head. I'm really looking for those finer details and just, you know, things that aren't in the forefront. Um, but again, yes, I mean, I can't help it. Again, all bias aside, when you see the footage that is put out there of our guys and whether it's a video, whether it's, you know, the uh, let it fly little series, you can't help but be just impressed and uh, extremely proud of our guys because they do work their asses off. Um, they generally love what it is that they do, but they, they love who they do it with more than anything. And that's what it's all about. So are they combing through it with a fine tooth comb to make sure that they're not giving away any secrets for the upcoming season? <laughs> I don't know what secrets there could be there. Um, you know, again, it's kind of funny. I always kind of joke, like, you know, everybody in the strength and conditioning field, you know, you know, everybody, you know, this guy, you know, that guy, you might've worked for this people and they've all kind of been under this tree, all that kind of stuff. Like there's no rhyme or reason. There's no one way to do something. Again, my, my biggest philosophy has always been you, you capture their hearts. You're going to capture everything. And that's where true growth and development really happens. Um, if anybody ever really wanted to know what we do, come on, come watch. I mean, I'm not going to hide. I don't care if you're from UCF or Notre Dame or anywhere. I mean, I might treat you a little differently here and there and kind of look at you, but, uh, you know, I mean, there's, there's no secrets to what it is that we do. It's how we do it and why we do it. And that's what separates us from everybody in the country. You know, one thing that we saw with the media day pictures, and then of course we saw it again in the let it fly mini series episode one, was when they bring out the AAC championship trophy and kind of how the players react to it and kind of how they, their, their feelings when they're holding it and things of that sort. What goes through Brady Collins mind when he sees that AAC championship trophy? Oh man. I mean, just incredible amount of pride, uh, respect, admiration, just, I mean, just all the work that was put through to get to that, you know, not just last year, the year before, you know, 2019 playing Memphis twice, having the ability to win that thing and not getting it done. Uh, 2018, you know, doing what we did 2017, the year before that. See, I mean, just everything that lined up to that, it means everything. And again, you know, 
a part of me at the end of the day too is kind of like, all right, you know, hey, I love that the guys are posing with it. I think it's great. It looks cool, all that stuff. That was last year. We're on a new mission. This team's on a new mission. We know what our goals are. We know what our passion is. Um, but at the same time, you can't help but just love it because those guys earned it. They, I mean, everybody should get their picture and have a, a – it's kind of like the Stanley Cup. They should have a day with that trophy because whether you were a starter in that game, a walk-on, a scholarship guy, a scout team guy, it doesn't matter. You had a huge part in what it is that we did to win that game. And it wasn't easy. It, I mean, last year wasn't easy for anybody and no year's easy for anybody. But when you win a championship, I mean, that sets you apart from people in history forever, puts you in the record books forever. So um, I love it. I love it. Well, you got to turn it into a cup then if you're going to have right. it for the day. <laughs> That's right. As long as they don't break it, as apparently the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning has done. Well, I heard you can dent it a little bit. I think you should be okay. <laughs> yeah, I think Gronk did that up in uh, New England too when he used the with the Lomb- no, Lombardi no, the as, light- a, as a bat. The lightning mangled the Stanley Cup. Oh, There's yeah. a baseball-sized dent in the Lombardi Trophy. Go look at what the lightning did to the Stanley Cup this year. It was <laughs> mangled. Oof. Well, rightfully so. The stories that come with that. So, anyway. So, you guys are going to be at higher ground. And as the strength and conditioning coach, what kind of stuff do you have to do there that's different than when you have a weight room full of toys at your disposal? Like what does a, a normal standard day look like for you as you take the team through your workouts at higher ground as opposed to on your home turf? Yeah, I mean, again, we're, we're very fortunate. Higher ground is such an unbelievable setup for our university, for our program. Um, very unique. Again, in all my places I've been, you never had a setup like this, you know, where great people take care of you, where everything's right there. Um, on the grounds and you're fed obviously as we all know extremely well Um, so we know we're taken care of Um, but we do we take out you know some equipment out there um, you know to set up our makeshift weight room while we're out there Um, because you know we'll get at least 10 to 12 workouts while we're out there Um, but uh, you know the day the daily routine's not much different it's just the structure and the time of the day and you know the way it's all laid out might be a little different um, you know, in the morning we're waking up, we're making smoothies for the guys. We're making sure they're getting hydrated, putting the vitamin shots out, weighing them in, um, you know, making sure they're eating, doing all that stuff, getting taped. Uh, you know, there's a staff meeting, you know, I'll be in that kind of go through the, the schedule of the day, any issues with anybody, that kind of stuff. Um, you know, then we go to a team meeting. Our team meetings are very unique and fun. We always started off with a competition, which I always come up up it's uh, offense versus defense driven and uh, so that's always fun because that deems where we warm up for the day whether we stretch on the offensive side or the defensive side it doesn't involve uh, a rope does it it sometimes it could you never know and uh, the cool thing is it could involve coaches and players um, but uh, so we'll do that and then you know obviously when we go to practice we're uh, hydration testing our guys making sure they're you know physically at a hydration level that we want them to be at before they take the field, as opposed to just seeing them drink a Gatorade and feel good because we're never going to roll the dice with their health, Um, making sure they're taped, making sure they're braced, all that stuff. They got their, um, you know, GPS tracking and heart rate monitors, all that kind of stuff. They're ready to rock. Um, Any pre-practice stretch stuff. You know, there's always certain guys that like a little routine before they go out. We'll take care of that. 
um, get out to the field, do a little stretch. Then you practice. And, uh, you know, the biggest thing, you know, that my staff that we do is, you know, we're out there the whole time. We're watching guys. I got certain coaches that are watching certain groups, making sure they're extra hydrating them. Um, you know, someone needs a stretch in between plays. They're doing that. If, uh, you know, someone needs to get on a bike to stay fresh, we got the bike there. We got this, that, that, that. I mean, it's all about the student athlete. It's all about making them be at their optimal performance to do what it is that they love. Um, so we're out there for that. And then as soon as practice ends, you know, we got a, a nice routine. Again, it's cold tub. Um, you know, our, our skill guys are going to get a set of negative ham, which is just something to help strengthen and lengthen their hamstrings because they just ran a bunch. Um, the quarterbacks will come in, you know, they'll get a little workout in specialists, get a workout in, we go eat, um, you know, we'll weigh the guys in to see how much weight they lost during practice. So we know how much fluid and food that they got to intake to put that weight back on so that we're not putting them in a, you know, an unhealthy state going back out the next day. And then, uh, you know, those guys get a nice little break for a nap, <clears throat> get off their feet, rest, get some recovery, some treatments. And then, you know, later in the evening, we'll, we'll do a little lift and meet. So if the offense comes in while the defense meets, then we'll flip. And then we go to dinner, um, have some fun, maybe, you know, some skits and all that kind of stuff that my boys uh, tend to always run. And then, uh, you know, you just kind of go through the night routine, whether it's walkthroughs or meetings. Um, snacks, making milkshakes, all that stuff. But, uh, you know, again, anybody on the outside world, they would just think that, you know, I stretch guys, I warm them up, we work them out, and that's it. There's so much that goes into it because, again, we're around these guys so much that we know how they tick. We know when something's wrong. We know when something's good. Like, um, you know, the more we're around, the better. And all we want to do is help. That's all we want to do. Let's go back to the snacks part because it is not snacks, my friend. <laughs> I think Meal. one day I was told one day I so they have dinner and then the, the, they do like like you said walkthroughs and team meetings and a couple more hours of things and then there is a fourth meal that is that is deemed snacks I think one day I was told they went through 150 pounds of chicken wings for snacks quote unquote I could believe that yeah that sounds about right and that was just one of the snacks that wasn't like the snack. That that was just a part of the snacks that uh, were were displayed. I mean, you got to think you're feeding over a hundred plus kids, support staff, coaches, um, you know, student managers, all that kind of stuff. So no doubt, a, a plethora of food is going to be taken in. Um, but you know, again, the biggest thing that we like to do is we kind of monitor those guys. That's why it's so important that we weigh them in, weigh them out you know, keep them in their ranges um, with our, you know, recovery and uh, pre-workout stuff that we do and their daily smoothies and vitamin uh, and stuff. You know, at night you get a guy that, you know, maybe he's a little bit heavier for some reason. Well, he doesn't need to eat a whole plate full of chicken wings. He might need, you know, the, uh, the Subway six-inch wrap there and, you know, some fruit. Um, but, uh, you know, it's just, it's a fine line. It's fun. We make it fun. We play music, all that kind of stuff. But uh, no doubt, like I said, the best thing about high ground, they take care of you when it comes to food. Is there anybody that you're going to be requiring three, four plates per trip this year at higher ground? The right. heard that, yeah, the Maje Sanders plan when he arrived as a freshman, the, the sauce gardener plan. 
Uh, I mean, those guys will continue to be on that plan. The Majes, the Dezes, the the Sauce. I mean, those guys continue. I mean, they just their motors are so high, their metabolisms are so high. They gotta refuel their bodies. Um, you know, I'm sure there's some young guys that will kind of have up on that. And then in the other way, there's some guys that we won't have on that. A la Dante. <laughs> Brady, I want to I want to touch on this because it, it's funny when you when you guys first got to higher ground, there was a, uh, a a sentiment among the roster that you know maybe maybe you could could fake I don't want to say fake but maybe you could uh, embellish an injury and it would maybe get you a day off. <laughs> And uh, you guys curtailed that pretty quickly. It's funny, over the past four higher grounds, and I didn't get to see last year, unfortunately, because it was uh, club quarantine at, uh, at higher ground last year. But uh, it is, that, is, that is not as much as uh, a factor as we saw in the past. Take us through what one of those workouts would be like if, say, someone had a, an ankle injury that wasn't maybe as serious as, uh, as they were portraying it to be. What, what would their day be like at higher ground while they got to, uh, in the past, maybe casually watch practice from the sidelines? <laughs> casually. I like how you put that. Um, casually. We, you know, we, we, we try to spin everything positive. Again, what's the injury rate of a practice or a game in football? It's 100%. You're going to have a boo-boo. You're going to have a sore shoulder, a sore knee, a fingers, all that kind of stuff. So, yes, I mean, it's the greatest and most violent sport there is. So things are going to happen. You're never going to feel 100%. And, again, it's all about the mental side of it. You know, coach always says it, and I love it. You know, you're 18 to 22 years old. Your body's going to tell you things, but your mind is going to control everything. And at the end of the day, yes, I mean, there are going to be certain things that are going to happen where you're not going to feel maybe that you can go, and that's okay. But it's our job to make sure that you're getting everything out of that day because what ultimately is going to happen if you're out, all you're doing is putting more stress and reps on others that are in your unit. So if I'm a white out and my ankle's a little sore and I don't, ah, I just, I can't, I can't go today, coach. Okay. Well, we're going to take care of that ankle. We're going to make sure we're rehabbing it, doing whatever it is that we got to do. But at the end of the day, you're going to get the work that is needed for that practice so that you aren't a day behind. So that the next day, hopefully you are feeling better that you can get out there and go. Um, and again, that, that's just a testament to our whole program. Our biggest saying is durability is way more important than ability. And again, the only way that you get better at this sport, any sport, is that you practice. Like that, that's from high school level to college to no doubt the NFL. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're the best of the best. The only way you're going to get any better is if you compete. If you go against others that are willing to push you and make you better and at the same time, get themselves better. So, you know, it's, it's always, you know, in the past a uh, couple of years and, you know, way back then it could have been deemed as like a punishment. It's, it's not that at all. It's all right. You know, you might have a little boo-boo. That's fine. We're going to take care of that boo-boo, but at the same time, we're still going to get that workload that you need and that you average during a normal practice because that's only fair to you and everybody else that's out there practicing and ultimately we want to get you back on the field we don't want you to be over here so you know it's it's a great um correlation that we do with the sports med staff and you know making sure everything's done the right way and all that stuff but uh it has been very unique because as the years keep going you see less and less guys say hey i uh, i need to go over there <laughs> 
And, you know, let's let's clarify so people don't take it the wrong way. Let's say you've got an ankle boo-boo. Well, your ankle's a boo-boo, but your upper body's not boo-booed, right? Your upper body's good. So we're going to pack <laughs> upper body. <laughs> Let, let's say your shoulder's a little sore. Well, your legs are working great. Legs look great. Let's get it. We're not, we're not seeing as many guys over in the sand as there used to be in the first couple of years that you guys were here, though. No, definitely not. And again, you know, again, that's that's all, you know, just the, the culture of the program, the guys understanding that the only way they get better is being out there um, fighting through adversity, not saying they're pushing through things that they shouldn't push through. But just, no, of course. You know, again, just knowing that, again, like I said, this sport, it's the greatest sport in the world. No bias, but it is 100 percent bias. Um, but injuries are going to happen. You're never going to feel 100 percent. And, uh, you know, fighting through that, knowing that you're sacrificing, you know, for yourself and the others of the team, you know, that's that's where because, again, in the game, when it's fourth and one and it's a championship game, are you going to feel 100 percent? Probably not. But you're going to put your your hand in the ground. You're going to look to your left. You're going to look to your right. You're going to know that the brothers there next to you have done so much to sacrifice, to put in the work, to do it, that for that moment, that play, they're going to give everything they got. Can you say the same? That's what our program's all about. And make no mistake, if the medical staff says you're out, you're out. No doubt. I I don't want people to take that the wrong way. It's just a little, a fun play on how things were when you guys got here. Because there was very much the belief that, like, I don't feel like going today. So maybe... Maybe that ankle's a little sore. Maybe I maybe my I jammed my wrist yesterday in practice, and I'm gonna I'm gonna take today off at higher ground. And yeah, partic- participation rates are shockingly up. Yeah, <laughs> and you know it's kind of funny. I, I always spin that too in a way, like you know, just just our whole program, the way we operate, um, you know, the energy that we provide. We know every all right day one of camp, everybody's gonna be jacked, right? Day two everybody's jacked day three day four when you get to day eight day nine day ten no doubt that's when your mind's going to start playing tricks on you your body's going to be like yeah you're right i am sore okay so what do we do as coaches you, you play some fun music right you mix things up you have some skits you do things to take their mind off of what it is that they're doing every single day and i think again better than what we do as a strength staff is what our coaches do they do an unbelievable job at that because you know, again, I, th- I said it in the Let It Fly video. If you're not having fun, then you shouldn't be out here because it should be, right? It's not for everybody. And that's kind of hard thing to say, but it's also the right thing to say because it isn't for everybody. To be a Bearcat football player, you got to be a special human being. I mean, it is. But at the same time, you're going to have so much fun doing what it is that you love to do that it's going to take your mind off those bumps, those aches, those pains, all that stuff. And also we're not dumb. We're going to take care of you. You know, we're going to give you the treatment, the rehab, the recovery, all those things. When it comes to the workouts, we're going to take care of you, all that kind of stuff. We're not pushing for max numbers during these workouts, all that. Um, it's just a fine line, but it, it's really, it's about the relationships and the culture that you drive. It's amazing what 150 pounds of chicken wings will do for morale. <laughs> and yes, you're right. And some apple pie. <laughs> it off let's talk about some individuals brady um so just a quick personal story i was driving home from columbus ohio back to indianapolis and i i I happened to you know have a little breakdown a little car breakdown and 
a nice town called Springfield, Ohio. And I tell you what, normally if you're broken down on the side of the road, people might pass by. I'd say probably 15 cars stopped and asked if we were okay. You know who else is from Springfield, Ohio? Lenny T. Lenny T. Give me, give me an update on Lenny. We've talked on him a little bit about in, in the BBP in the past, but what do you think this season for Lenny will bring and what do you hope to see at Camp Higher Ground? I mean, I love, I love Lenny. Um, just to see his growth, his maturity, um, the way he attacks everything he does now. Um, not saying it was like awful when he got here. It's just, you know, we, we knew what we were getting with them. I mean, very raw, never did much, you know, weight training and all that stuff in high school, but, you know, athletic, played quarterback, you know, paid, played wide receiver, played tight end, defense, all that kind of stuff, basketball star. Um, but just seeing who he is now, the way he attacks everything, the way he has fun, he's just a great, great teammate. Guys love him. Guys love being around him. Um, always has a smile on his face. I'm so proud of him. Um, you know, his body's leaned up. He looks so good. He looks so good. He's 250 pounds, the best he's ever looked. He's faster. He's leaner, more explosive, all those things. Um, and again, you know, <clears throat> Josh is always going to get a lot of the notoriety and rightfully so he should. He's a freak, an absolute freak, but you know, Lenny's right there, man. And I think he's a mismatch. I think he's a guy that's going to, you know, scare a lot of people and surprise him and all that stuff, but he's never going to surprise me or the staff because, you know, we know what Lenny can do. He's shown it to us. And I think the work that he's put in this past winter and summer is only going to enhance that. And I think everybody's going to see a new and improve Lenny Taylor come 2021. We're asking about individual players. I'd like to know what's going on with blue Smith. I don't know if you can give any insight. Obviously, uh, he came in a little ballyhooed uh, when he first came to Cincinnati. We have yet to really see him on the field. Um, so what what can you give us on his rehab and how that's going? I mean, Blue, Blue's had a great winter. He was having a great spring. And then obviously, you know, the COVID protocols and all those kind of things were still in effect. So that, you know, kind of took him out uh, for the spring, you know, practice or scrimmage and all that kind of stuff. So he really couldn't showcase, you know, how well he was doing. But again, he's had another great summer. Um, I think his body looks great. I think his mind is great. I think he's happy. Um, you know, he's he's healthy, which is huge. Um, that's the big thing. Keep him healthy. Make sure that foot's good. And, uh, you know, again, just make sure he's mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally in a great place to go and provide value for this team. Because, again, he's still an unknown to the outside you know, world. We, we know about him. We know what he can do. You know, we've seen flashes and all that stuff. Can he put it together consistently? Can he be healthy? Can he be mentally and physically all in about it? I, I think so. I hope so because, again, he's had a great winter, great spring, great summer, and uh, really, really looking forward to seeing what he can do for us. The idea of him lining up across the field from Pierce is just that'd – be, that'd be twin towers out there, man. I mean, you don't have too many guys that are, you know, the Pierces and – Blue Smith's at 6'3", 215 pounds. So, and, you know, that also that can run. I mean, Pierce is obviously a lot faster, but, uh, you know, Blue's a great route runner, great hands, all that kind of stuff. Um, really, really excited about the uh, the whiteout room. I mean, more so than any year I've ever been here. Program built in the trenches. Two guys that 
had you know around Cincinnati have gotten a lot of talk, but nationally, I think should deserve a little bit more. And I think it will come eventually. And that's Dylan O'Quinn and, and Jake Renfro. Of course, Jake only a true sophomore, but I want to kind of just hear what their progressions are and, and what you think about them heading into the camp. I love, I love both those guys. I mean, those are two guys that you want to go to war with every single day. Um, <clears throat> the way they work out, they, they work out together. They're in a workout group together. Um, they push each other. They push others around them. Um, I think Dio is one of the, the greatest teammates I think I've ever seen. Um, you know, everybody loves him. Everybody loves being around him. He's selfish um, or selfless. My apologies. Um, you know, he cares more about the others around him than he does his own self. But at the end of the day, he's putting in all the work that he can. And, uh, you know, again, a guy like Jake Renfro, he came in and obviously he wowed you right away. But now he's put in the daily work, the daily grind, um, starting to kind of show some leadership to him as a young sophomore, which is huge. But also what you need out of your center, because that's the apex of everything. Um, just really proud of those guys. I mean, those are guys that we're going to hang our hats on and really rely on throughout this whole entire year. And, uh, you know, just I can't say enough about those two guys and what they've done. And they look great. They're healthy, stronger than they have been, moving well. And uh going to be a great camp for those boys. Could, could you see a noticeable difference in them when they did, you know, get a larger role on the team on Saturdays and things of that sort? Could you kind of see them owning more leadership of the team and you know, the offensive line room after that happened? Or was it kind of always just you saw it there, but it came a little bit further over this past offseason? Yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of like, you know, the testament to any sport that you play. Once you play and that you do well, you kind of get instant notoriety. And that's, you know, with all due respect, that's how it is and it's how it should be. But you peel back the layers. Yes, they played really well when their when their time was given and their name was called and the opportunity presented itself. But how did they work in the offseason? How do they work daily? How do they put their mind and their heart into the film sessions and all that kind of stuff. It, it all lines up and there's no surprises. I mean, Dylan O'Quinn was a guy, you know, played guard, played center, played tackle. Well, now he's playing tackle. Well, why is that? Because we think he's extremely valuable and athletic and we can have him as a swing guy or do whatever. The, all you're doing is providing more value to the team. You know, Jake Renfro, a true freshman comes in opportunities given. He steps up, doesn't look back, right. Takes full advantage of it, dominates, does everything he can. Well, why did he do that? Yes, he played extremely well, but it's also because he worked for it. So, you know, I think those guys, absolutely, they have a little more stuff to it when it comes to leadership and, you know, kind of setting the example. But, you know, guys respect that and they look to that. And, uh, you know, I think it's, like I said, it's, it's only going to pay benefits for us down the road with a guy like Jake Renfro who came in and started as a true freshman. Now he's a true sophomore. I mean, what's he going to look like as a junior, as a senior? Oh, boy. So your boy, Ryan Royer, started following me on Twitter this week, right? So is it, is it weird that I think I might actually be more excited about watching these third string kids and their development this year than I might be, like, even more so than, like, the second string? <laughs> no, because everybody loves Ryan Royer. Let me tell you, every program needs a Ryan Royer. And it's not because, yeah, he might be a third-string linebacker. He knows that. Ryan Royer starts on, like, two or three special teams. Why is that? Because he gives absolute, unbelievable effort. He would cut off his arm if it meant making this team better. He's an unbelievable human being. 
Uh, guys love him. He's unbelievable in the weight room. Gives everything he got out on the field. Uh, great locker room guy. Obviously, he's he's got some off the field things that he does, which are very well known. Um, but uh, yes, everybody should be excited for those guys because, again, just like we tell all the O line and D line guys that don't get as much love and notoriety, anytime something happens, there's a trickle effect, the butterfly effect. There's a reason why that happened. It's because so many other people did what they had to do for that in order to take place. And Royer's prime example. Can I tease my uh, interview with Luke Fickle? <clears throat> we, uh, every year I sit down with Luke and we go through the roster uh, as the right, you know, the, the week of camp heading into camp. And I, just to see what his reaction would be. My first question about the defense was, you know, tell us more about Ryan Royer and why he's the best player on this defense. <laughs> and and Fick, without missing a beat, deadpanned the Ryan Royer for Heisman campaign. I mean, just nailed it. Like, it, you know, he, he went a little unheralded last year, and I know we got a lot of guys that are getting a lot of notoriety. But once this season starts, you'll see exactly why Ryan Royer is one of the best players in the country. Like, it just absolutely crushed it. And uh, it, it's going to get, get a bunch of laughs uh, when, when this thing airs this week. But it, it went to show the love that this team has for Ryan Royer is off the charts. I mean, you saw it, Aaron, just yeah. being down in, in the weight room uh, for Squad Fest. We saw it. The way that the team reacted when, when Ryan Royer dominated the spring game. Yeah. I mean, just that dude goes – 9,000 miles an hour oh. and literally would, would give an arm. Like he's like, it, it, Ryan, this team can only win today. If we amputate your arm and he would be like, all right, you want the right <laughs> one or the left one? Like it, it, it's, it's so much fun watching him enjoy his college experience. Right. Because it's all about maximizing this time of your life. There is no one on this roster, maybe no one in program history, maximizing their time as a Bearcat quite like Ryan Royer. I, I'd second that, my friend, no doubt, 100%. He is a gem. Like I said, every team, if you don't have a Ryan Royer, I feel sorry for you. Ryan Royer takes takes the Mike Rabel approach to winning games. That's pretty interesting. <laughs> but uh, aside, aside from that, does it rub off on other people in the linebacking room? Are, have you seen some guys that, that you know, might, might have been a little bit more quiet now or just a little crazy now? Is, has, has there been a little bit of a Royer rub-off, if you will? Oh, absolutely. I mean, again, he's, he's deemed the uh, president of the show, which, again, and anytime he makes a big play, he kind of puts his hands up and does a little celebration. Well, that's Raises rub- the roof. Raise the roof, exactly. For all of you listening at home, he's he's it, raising it's the roof. Rubbed off to everybody. I mean, again, you know, yes, I might be the starter, and I got all these accolades, and I get all this notoriety. You're, you know, Ryan Royer, a walk-on that's earned a scholarship. You play special teams. You're a backup. All this kind of stuff. It doesn't matter because what does he do? He provides unbelievable value to this team, to this program, to all of us. I mean, he makes me a better coach just being around him. He's an unbelievable human being. Um, obviously he's extremely smart. He's an engineer, probably going to be running the world someday, you know, developing some new technology that's going to save us all or take us to space. Who knows? But, uh, 
He is. He's awesome. He rubs off. He's he's everything that you want in a uh, in a football player and a human being. Is there anybody he's rubbed off on more than Josh Wiley? Because Wiley <laughs> at times seems to be doing a Ryan Royer impersonation. <laughs> I mean, Wiley is he's he's his own type of weird man. I mean, I tell you, <laughs> he is special. And I would say I would say Wiley like like ride the short bus special. Uh, no, not that short, <laughs> but, uh, Wiley has rubbed off on a lot of people. I think Wiley is, you know, he's impacted a Des he's impacted Lenning for sure. Amaje, um, you know, Beavers, those types of guys, guys he trains with and is around all the time. But, uh, you know, that the Royer and, and, and Wiley, two different types of weird and craziness, but, uh, no doubt guys that we love and, Wish we had, you know, 35 more of. I don't think you could handle 35. Like, a couple of those guys is enough. You know, it's funny. I always say that. But then, you know, my guys, my staff and I, we always talk. And I'm like, dude, this is the weirdest team I've ever been around. (laughs) (laughs) There's weird. I always, I love weird guys. I love weirdness. Like, guys that just train hard and they're just weird. They play football and all that. But, like. We got some weirdos, and I tell you what, I love it, though, because they all love it. They embrace each other. It rubs off on one another, um, and, again, it's, it's who they are. It's what makes them unique, and uh, it's ultimately what makes this program unique because, you know, you don't want a, a team full of, you know, just yes sirs and all these type of, you know, people. You want a, a wide variety of personalities, and, again, that's that's what makes this team, that's what makes America great is, you know, when you have a locker room built of people from all types of backgrounds and religious beliefs and upbringings and all that stuff, you bring them together for a common good. And then you put them in our culture. Good things are going to happen. That just hit me though. Last year was a team of uh, very buttoned up straight laced guys. And this year's when you talk, when you talk about the leadership, like, like Derek and Dokes. Yeah. Right. Hudson had a little weird to him, but he, he did, you know, but, but the leadership of that team was pretty straight laced. The leadership of this team, Sauce, Majay, Dez, Josh, Royer, there's a little bit more spunk in this team. <laughs> and I think that's what's, you know, that's, that's what's unique because again, it, it kind of all goes back to my thing of, you know, if you're not having fun, what are you doing? Right. I mean, whether it's workouts, whether it's film meetings or position meetings, practice games, everything should be about fun. It really should. And I think that's what our whole program is about. I think our guys embrace that. I think we have unbelievable human beings in our locker room. Um, it's funny because I think even Maji said it the other day. He's like, man, he's like, we got the weirdest senior class in history. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, you might be right because, you know, you guys are weird, but, you know, again, you look at it, right? You got Dez. Dez can be a straight-faced, you know, silent assassin, lethal killer, or he can be extremely fun, outgoing, all that. He's whatever the room needs, right? Kobe Bryant, same thing. He's going to be head down, work his ass off, you know, grind whatever it takes. But at the end of the day, he's also going to have fun, too. It's, it's kind of unique individuality of how everybody kind of ticks, all that kind of stuff. And really how it spreads throughout our locker room. And uh, 
It is. I, I think that's a good point you just made, Chad. I think last year we did probably have a little more, you know, serious focus and all that stuff. And I think our guys this year have that even more. But at the end of the day, they also know that, you know, they're going to war every single Saturday with their brothers that they love and that they generally respect and want to see them do well as well. And, you know, I think it's only going to uh, prove for big things to come in the future. Brady, it's good us, for us. The media likes weird. Exactly. Brady, Trust me, to have your fair shortage of weird. Good. Well, speaking of weird, give us one sneaky weirdo in a good way that, you know, the fan base might not really know about and would, and a player who might also love to hear you call him out as a sneaky, fun weirdo. Oh, man. Sneaky, fun weirdo. Uh, I mean, there's so many. A sneaky, fun one, though, that we haven't talked about. Let's go. Um, mm, I mean, Jabari Taylor's weird. He's a funny weirdo. Okay. We've talked about him. Uh, uh, let's see. I mean, Joel DeBlanco's a weirdo, no doubt. He's an extreme weirdo. Um, man putting it on me just really happy that you're making all these noises as you think that way it's not just dead air no exactly. it's, it's fantastic for podcasts <laughs> and there, there's weirdos everywhere you know but like <laughs> there there are weirdos you know they're yeah. they're so unique to us and to who we are but Blanco uh and jabari are, are two good answers because we we haven't really touched on those two Blanco's yeah, a robot he, he is a robot. He, you're right. He's a robot weirdo. You know I mean? <laughs> He's like a cartoon robot. He's got some personality. So like yeah. the one from Futurama? Kind of, yeah. Kinda, less, yeah. less than Futurama, but very similar. You know, you, you just talked about Sauce and Kobe. I want to I talk about quarterback number three in the no-fly zone a little bit because I feel like we haven't really touched on Arquan Bush and how he's been doing – this off season, I, cause I, you watch him and he, he seems to be just extremely fundamentally sound, but you know, injuries a couple of years ago, different things of that sort. How is he looking this off season? Is he ready to kind of take his game to the level of Kobe and, and, and of sauce? Cause he obviously sees the door to even more next year. No, I, I love that you asked that question because, you know, I, I train our Quan, um, I, I love that kid. I mean, you want to, I mean, you want to talk about a kid that is selfless, um, pushes through adversity, pushes through pain. Obviously he's had his, you know, issues of foot and all that kind of stuff. You would never know it because when the kid goes out there to practice when he goes out there to play a game, it's unbelievable. And, uh, you know, again, I think, uh, I think Kobe gets a lot of credit, which he should, he deserves. He's the alpha dog of that room, but you know, if you took Kobe out of that room, who's the alpha dog? I, I love Ahmad. He's doing a great job. He gets all the publicity, all that kind of stuff. It's Arquan. I mean, just day in, day out. Doesn't matter what the weight is. Doesn't matter if he's benching or squatting more than you. None of that stuff matters. It's the intent and the purpose at what he does it and his leadership. Um, I mean, he's he's a lunch pail guy, man. You know, blue collar, work ethic. Um, it's going to come in every single day be the same guy right never going to be too high never going to be too low going to come in get his work in do extra do whatever it takes to make himself and others better 
Um, I'm so proud of him. I think he's, I mean, I, I do. I think he's one of the toughest guys we got on our team because I don't think people realize, you know, that the foot issues that he came into us from high school with and that he's still dealing with and that, you know, he'll, he'll get it taken care of at some point. He's so selfless that he knows if he does get something done, it's only going to take him away from the team and miss a little bit of this. He don't want that. So he just pushes through everything. And again, that's, that's ultimately who we are. He's, he's unbelievable. I love our corn. So you've had a little bit of time with the incoming freshmen now. I know we had, we got, we got spoiled having you back to back weeks. So maybe we didn't ask so many questions on the incoming freshmen having you week in and week out there. But uh, what kind of, who are the, maybe like the big personalities or leaders that are emerging from this incoming freshman class? Uh, let's see. Well, I mean, everybody loves Dante for sure. I mean, <laughs> he's the Godfather. He's the Godfather. Um, but, uh, you know, big personalities, uh, freshmen are quiet, man. They like, are. You know why? Because we told them to be, um, <laughs> <laughs> they got to earn it, but, uh, uh, you can't just come in and call yourself sauce. No, you gotta, you gotta go out in the biggest game of the year and get a pick six. Yeah. I, then just, we'll didn't call you if, sauce. I just didn't know if anybody though had, had kind of been like, I don't know, the, the, the joke guy or a guy who's like kind of the, you know, the leader guy of the freshman class. Or well, I think, like I think one person got to bring this out right away is we've got to change the nickname for the rake. I mean, <laughs> looking at the pictures of that guy recently, it is uh, I don't think he's a rake anymore. He's done the work. He's, he's moved up to what, what would we say? A snow shovel. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I can't say that. I, I can't <laughs> say the first one that came to my mind. <laughs> oh yeah okay <laughs> understandable so rake was you know a bigger rake like yeah whatever we can't even really, we can't even really sorry dan that if we're being honest yeah. no i'm just gonna not say it <laughs> i don't want to take away from those guys uh i mean again selfishly i'm always going to compare back to prior groups what what group is always going to stand out i mean no doubt that first class that we brought in your Des Ritters, your Derek Forrest, your Kobe Bryant's, your Will Hubers, guys that came in on day one, they were jumping other guys' ass and getting after it. And I was like, oh, shit, we got something special. Um, but, you know, I think collectively they just, you know, again, I think if you just look at the program as a whole, right? These guys are coming in to a top 10 program. Um, you know, what, tons of guys in front of them that are established, that have put in the work, that have earned their spot. You know, in a in a weird way, are we really counting on any freshmen? Not really, which is good, right? But you know, hopefully one of them surprises us and you know pushes older guys and beats them out or something like that. I mean, that's what you always want in a program. But uh, I think they've just come in with with the right attitude, the right mindset of I'm going to put my head down, I'm going to keep my mouth shut, I'm going to work, I'm going to listen, I'm going to follow the older guys, I'm going to learn the standard, I'm going to live it. And, uh, you know, I'm going to see where this thing takes me because, you know, that's that's where the true growth and development is going to happen. Um, but just really been proud of all those guys. I mean, really, especially the past month with them being with the older guys and really being entrenched in them. Um, so can't say one guy sticks out more than the other has shown incredible leadership and all that stuff. But, uh, you know, personality wise, Dante, the godfather, he's got a lot to him. <laughs> 
So uh, I saw. We got questions. We need to get. We need to get yeah. to questions after this. Yeah, <laughs> just one quick one. So what goes into like the freshmen and underclassmen picking the numbers? Because I saw on the official roster on the website they kind of i guess they all have their numbers already is there kind of a seniority thing when it comes to that or is it kind of just do you know at all how that happens because i saw some interesting numbers that might look good on some of the players but aside from that what goes into that as a whole oh man that's yeah that's definitely above me um you know i think again like anybody you come in if your number was five in high school you're gonna want five right away well you look you might have a junior or senior ahead of you who has number five Okay, they earn that and they've earned, you know, everything that comes with that. Um, so, you know, you're given the number that is deemed to you, whether it's position specific or whatnot. Um, but there's always incentives, obviously, like, you know, with the number one, there's incentives to be the number one in our program. It's not just given out to anybody. you got to earn it. And, uh, you know, I think that's kind of similar to a lot of other, you know, positions and players. I mean, look at Ethan Wright. He went from number 33 to number four recently. Mm -hmm. And if you ask anybody in our program, a hundred percent, you could get that guy, whatever number he wants, because he's unbelievable. Um, but again, it's all about earning it. Everything we say uh, from the day you set foot in this, in this program is you're going to earn the seat, Paul and everything else that comes with it. You're going to earn it just like in life. I just remembered how much of a nightmare Friday is going to be trying to figure out who the hell everybody is. <laughs> Be Beaver's number zero. I liked. And then, I mean, there's a bunch of them that happened in spring that, like, it'll just take a second to jog my memory on right, that. Right. But like the freshman, like Sauce being one, he's pretty easy because he looks like Sauce. Like you, you're gonna know pretty quickly that it's him. But there's always that first like three days or so of camp where you're just constantly like, okay, that is that. That is that. And the problem is sometimes you remember it backwards. Like I still do. I still, I need, I need Todd Bumpus or Sammy Anderson to change numbers because I have them memorized backwards in my head. <laughs> well, so I need one of them. I need one of them to change numbers so that I can relearn which one is which and, and get it correct in my brain. Sammy, I get those two uh, wrong every time. Sam is 11. Bumpus is 14. Yeah, but in my head, it's backwards. I memorized it wrong. <laughs> what huh. did you do? Cheat sheet. <laughs> I love it. I have a cheat sheet. I still <laughs> get it. I still, like, when I see it live and I see 11 make a play, I get it wrong every time. I cut. I, I, Brady, I did that. I've done this. How long has the American been in the thing? Six years? Yeah, you still think we beat Tulane in the AAC championship. I still can't get Tulane and Tulsa right. Unreal. That's how my brain works. Is what it is with that, though. Aaron, questions. Let's Hopping go. in the mailbag. Assuming Nick Saban and Dabo are 99s, because we saw Coach Scruggs put himself out as a 99 on NCAA football or Madden. <laughs> Maybe it was a Madden rating. Uh, what would be a realistic rating for Luke Fickle in a new version of NCAA football? Mm -hmm. Remember, your raise depends on this answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's more about the product on the field. Um, Tell yourself 100, that. 100. Ooh, higher higher than like Saban that. and Dabo. 
okay, Saban and Dabo are getting five-star kids that come in already developed and all this stuff. What do we do? We pride ourselves on development, mentally, physically, all that stuff. So, um, like I said, you could take the bias into it or out of it, whatever you want to say. When it comes to just a pure human being and great father, husband, coach, all those things, Fickle's 100. Good drop him down to a 95 because he gives me way too much shit. <laughs> and rightfully so, he should. <laughs> I didn't say he was wrong. <laughs> I just said it affects my score. I, you know, Nailed the he started, out there. He didn't even, he started riding my ass before he even said hi to me today. That's how you know you're in his good graces. <laughs> That's how you, you're one of the guys at that point, right? Exactly. 96, right. fine. <laughs> for this is specifically for you brady uh bbp oh. of the week beer bourbon and pie pizza or otherwise what do you go with this week beer no i mean what kind of beer what kind of bourbon what kind of pie yeah oh, pizza man. pie uh, you know apple pie yeah because you're i mean you're about or to be isolated for two and a half weeks like or pizza as pie mean pizza too or yeah pie oh man okay uh i mean beer sorry bush light just the way it is uh bourbon will go uh i mean it's it's toss up woodford or maker's mark okay um pie i mean i'm not a big pizza guy but Oh man! I mean, again, I've I've already discussed it. My my favorite pizza is my local establishment back home in Delaware, Ohio, the Cheshire Market. Shout out to them, love them. Um, but uh, you know, Mio's is good. La Tavola is good. Uh, yeah, I mean pie. I mean, I'm not a big pie guy when it comes to like cherry and apple and all that stuff. But uh, if it's Thanksgiving time, sure, I'll have a nice pumpkin or apple pie. There we go. Chocolate right. silk, chocolate silk pie is uh, very good. I like key lime. That is. Never heard of chocolate silk. This one's also- a chocolate silk pie. Sounds like chocolate. It's like a graham cracker crust and like a chocolate mousse with whipped cream on top. It's like a. You can do it, Bruce. You can do it. It sounds delicious. This one's also specifically for you, Brady. Uh, any recommendations, exercise recommendations for someone with MS and balance issues plus energy issues that comes with the damn disease? And also a follow-up. If you were to transform into an 80s wrestler, which one would you choose? Is it Brent Coco Beware? Brent is Coco Beware, for sure. Oh, is Brent Coco. I'm sorry. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's uh, 100%. The latter part of that question is easy. It would be Ric Flair. Woo! Um, woo! Um, and then if we went into the nineties, it would be Jake, the snake, um, early two thousands, obviously stone cold, Steve Austin, you were but, so uh, ready for that question. I was so ready. Um, I mean that, that question with MS, that's difficult because there's a lot of, you know, um, you know, restrictions that come with that and, you know, but, uh, I would say more so than anything is, you know, keeping the mind fresh. There's a lot of, you know, mental, um, exercises and things that they, that can be done that also correlate to hand-eye coordination and, um, you know, certain things that you can do, whether you're seated or laying down or even able to stand up and, you know, do some of those bodily functions. But, uh, you know, I would uh, recommend that guy maybe email me 
and I could give him some more thorough research question answer to that. All right. There He's you kind of it. annoying. He's kind of annoying, though. <laughs> Who, who's Coco Beware? The guy in the picture, man. I know. I just see a parrot. Well, yeah, he came to the ring with the pet parrot, and he was really loud and, and energetic, and you couldn't sequins? slow him down. Lots of sequins. Has anybody heard of him since? That's how you should know. I, I can't imagine. I can't believe wow, you didn't go with a, a hacksaw Jim Duggan, Brady. I mean, love me some hacksaw Jim Duggan with the two by fours. I do, I do. But uh, I, I'd know. go junkyard dog. That's not bad. Maybe a Ricky Dragonfly Steamboat. Okay. I mean, or Ultimate Warrior's got to be up there. That's a little oh, like that's that's a lot of energy to match. Which is right up my alley. But I could, I could definitely see you as a Macho Man Randy Savage guy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the energy that dude had. I do love me. That, some... that was cocaine, Aaron. That was not energy. <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> take it as you will. I don't know. I, a lot of the 80s was cocaine and steroids for sure. <laughs> so even though we know that you are not necessarily involved with the basketball team, do you feel like a proud Papa watching the flex Friday video from the basketball team? <laughs> okay. they had the, was that your DJ? I didn't see who the deep. They had a DJ. The lights were flashing. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, you know, Mike reached out to me and asked me for some uh, DJ advice and all that stuff. Obviously we have some, uh, some family DJ that are, Close to us, and that things for us in the past, and all that. But uh, I offered some advice and expertise in that area as well. But uh, um, am I proud, Papa? No, I mean, you know, again, you you want you want to see that energy, that excitement, um, that type of atmosphere for anybody. I think anybody deserves that. And uh, you know, selfishly, we give that to our guys every single day. Obviously, squat fest and other things are going to be even more amped up. But uh, no, I mean, it is, it's cool. It's cool. Um, you know, I think uh, one of the greatest things is uh, imitation is the best form of flattery. Right. Is that right? Something like yeah. along uh -huh. those. But, uh, you know, I scale it back. I think uh, Mike and I have a great working relationship. We, you know, we like to bounce ideas off each other and, you know, we're all about what, what provides energy to the players, to the student athletes and, you know, what's going to get the best out of them in a workout and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, I was uh, really cool to really cool to see the, the production and the final result of that. And, you know, again, nobody's going to be pumping uh, their fists in, in the air and rooting for those guys harder than we are. Let, let's explore that a little bit. How has that the, the relationship between you and Mike maybe changed and evolved as you guys the absence made the heart grow fonder and, and you, you spent a little time apart as he went to you kind of came back. Is the relationship different now? Like, are you guys, operating on a different level of, of communication and like understanding of each other and helping each other get better. Like what's the evolution of that relationship between the two, you guys and the two programs? Yeah, no, I mean, again, I always respected Mike. I thought yeah, not that it was bad. I'm just saying, oh, not that no, no. no, no, I know what you're saying. I'm just saying like, I think uh, when Mike was here before, you know, again, and I know I'm only 35 young, whatever, all that kind of stuff, but like, I'm solely focused on what it is to get our program where it needs to be. What is the best interest and the best 
um, benefit for our student athletes, for my guys, whatever it takes. But at the end of the day, I think, you know, Mike coming back, taking on a, a bigger role in the Olympic side and all that kind of stuff. And him and I, you know, talking more like, you know, I think that's the biggest thing, you know, when Mike was here before, you know, I knew of him and I saw him and I talked to him every now and then, you know, now I, I might talk to Mike every single day and it's, it's not about like, Hey, what are you doing in the weight room and stuff like that? It's just about, you know, how's life, you know, how's the team looking, those kinds of things. And uh, all that does is just build, you know, staff camaraderie. Um, you know, it, it, we can bounce ideas off each other. Um, you know, whether it's, Hey, I got this certain product or exercise equipment from this company. I got this guy coming in. He'll give you a great deal on this, this, and that, you know, all you want to do is help and promote everybody, the whole university, but, uh, it has, it's been awesome since Mike has been back. I think, you know, I think everything from his side, from the whole Olympic side has been upgraded tremendously. And uh, that's a testament to Mike. It's a uh, testament to the coaches he's brought in to help run the, the Olympic sports on that side. And uh, it's been awesome. It's been a huge increase of uh, energy. And uh, I love it. How much interaction do you have with the X's and O's and the actual football side of things? <laughs> and then we kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, so you don't necessarily have to touch on it too much more. But what are you working on when the whole team is practicing or when you're out on the field with them? I call every single offensive play <laughs> and I call every other defensive play. So you know, they know. <laughs> everybody wanted to give Freeman all the love and all that stuff. No, no, no. <laughs> it, it went me and then thick, me thick. Freeman would jump in every now and then <laughs> kind of provide some value, some insight, whatever. No, 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 no. I was calling those plays. Um, no, when it comes <laughs> to the exos, I am way out of the way. Um, again, I was fortunate. I played the game. I, I respect the game. I understand the game. That's what those guys are all about. And you know what? That's, that's their realm. My realm is developing hearts, minds, and bodies to put them at the highest level to go compete and perform for those guys. Um, but at the end of the day, we're always there for our guys. If they need questions, all that kind of stuff. We're there for them. But uh, no, I, I definitely... I don't, I don't have any input on X's and O's. So we got back-to-back -back questions about uh, Big John Williams. What do you think John Williams' ceiling is, and how would you compare him to Hudson? And then also interested in hearing your thoughts about Cam Jones and whether he can push for playing time. Seems he has all the physical tools to be the ideal tackle opposite Williams. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, John Williams has come in, obviously, you know, last year as a true freshman, came in, and what, his first camp? you know, due to all the COVID, this and that, you know, guys might've been held out here or there or whatnot. He stepped up. His opportunity was given. He stepped up as a true freshman and performed extremely, extremely well to the point where he almost might've been a starter. And, uh, you know, again, guys came back, did what they had to do, all those kinds of things. I think John has just put his head down. He's worked extremely hard this whole off season, had a great summer. Body looks great. He's athletic. He can bend. He's fast, all those kinds of things. Um, he's exactly what you want in an alignment. I think the sky and the ceiling is the limit for him. When you compare him to James Hudson, I mean, I think that's unfair, but we can use that analogy because, you know, Hudson came in when he went to Michigan, he was a D lineman. And then, you know, they moved him to O lineman. Okay. He had a little bit of taste there. Then he transfers to us. He puts one year of film on college and then he gets drafted. So, 
if I compare that to John Williams, I, I look at John Williams, he could have three to four years of film. And I think that's only going to make him skyrocket even more. That's not putting him against uh, Hudson and saying Hudson isn't in the same realm as him, all that kind of stuff. It's just, you see a lot of unique uh, similarities between the two, as far as athleticism and raw, just natural athletic ability. Um, but uh, I'm really excited for Johnny. Um, and then Cam Jones, finally, you know, being a no lineman, fully embracing it. Um, I think he's going to be every bit of what we are and who we are deep down in our core um, when it comes to tough and nasty and just playing through the whistle and, you know, doing whatever it takes to punish that other guy in front of you. Um, I think he's had a great spring. I think he's had a great winter and uh, I'm really excited to see how he does in camp. And um, who knows? I mean, again, nothing's set in stone as we go into camp. I mean, we got our guys that have played a lot of ball and this and that, and, you know, you look across the board at the O-line, it's the most depth, the most versatility we've ever had. And, I mean, I'm excited for it. Cam Jones versus an eight-month-old grizzly bear. <laughs> you know, it doesn't, you know, it's not, it's not 600 pounds yet. It, it's not at its, at its peak. Oh, man. Cam Jones is kind of, kind of a crazy person. Like, he grew up in the middle of absolute nowhere. People look and see he went to high school in Lexington. Like, that kid is not from Lexington, Kentucky. No. No. He is from the middle of, sorry, Dan, fucking nowhere. Exactly. And <laughs> Cam Jones or an eight-month-old grizzly bear that doesn't know its strength yet. The question is, what does Jones have on him? Well, that's a, a great unknown with Cam Jones. Because, you know, he might have some camo, like, cargos on that have seven or eight pockets. And God knows what he has in those seven or eight pockets. That's true. See, and because I do not know what's in those pockets, I cannot go against nature versus nurture. I got to go with the grizzly bear because that is one animal that you do not want to mess with. (laughs) (laughs) Even a baby that doesn't know how to fight yet? Let's face it, an eight-month-old grizzly bear, I'm pretty sure those tall or those claws and those teeth can still shred a human. (laughs) (laughs) Olympic question for Brady. This is this is good. This is good. Which three current team members could be an Olympic weightlifter after their career ends? And remember, weightlifting is done by weight, like classification, right? Like heavyweights and lightweight. Like you, you, the small guys are not lifting with the big guys. I, I got a feeling. I got a feeling Trey Tucker might find himself on this list. Trey Tucker's yes, boom, right there, lightweight, boom, Trey Tucker. Um. Jerome Ford. Oh boy, yeah, he he could be up there easily. Um, now is Olympic is Olympic weightlifting reps or like max? It's like it, it's it's you know you got your uh, your hang clean, your power clean, your um, snatch, your snatch jerk, just he a bunch of snatch, snatch. <laughs> not 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 the movie with Brad Pitt. And, oh god, uh, sorry. Yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> oh, you're having a heart here. Like dags. Wrinkle blue trailer. Not that one. No. Uh, We're gonna get called out again on our terrible accent. <laughs> so fast. Great movie, by the way. Great movie. Guy Ritchie. Unbelievable. Great movie. Uh, for the bigs. Oh man. We'll, we'll go Jabari well, Taylor. Over Jawan Briggs. Yes. Really? Yes. 
That's impressive. The sneaky yep. fun weirdo. Look at that. Sneaky fun weirdo. Are you allowed to grab Wiggins from last year? <laughs> um, sure, sure. <laughs> He'll smile his way to the gold, huh? He will smile his way to the gold, my friend. There we go. Yep, we're and- still getting burned so bad about these accents. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think you are uh, off the hot seat. I think everything else is uh, on the other side is basketball tonight. So, wow. Brady, you did pretty good. Hey, what do you expect? So we're probably going to have to take a couple weeks off here, right? Like, I don't, I don't think you're going to be allowed to join us from higher ground. Are you? Why, why would that matter? Well, I mean, you're going to have obligations, right? Like you're going to tell Vic, like, Hey, sorry, I'm 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 out I'm out from eight to nine thirty tonight because of the BBP. I mean, you could always push it back to like eight thirty, couldn't you? We can do whatever you need, like exactly. I mean, if I was you and members of the B CJ, I would I would want to know what's going on in camp. You know? Of course, I just didn't want to int- I don't want to get mainly. I don't want to get in trouble with the boss. He just gave him a ninety six. He's already in trouble with the boss. It was a ninety five. Even I though, upgraded them to 96. Even though they're going to be getting your daily camp notes and all those things, you know, who knows? Maybe, maybe you'll get a little behind the scenes action. You know, what's what's going on in the kitchen? I don't know. Maybe you want to know that. What's cooking in the kitchen? What's, coo- what's cooking in the kitchen? Brady, the meatloaf. We want it now. <laughs> they do make a good meatloaf out there. I will. I will say that. OK. OK. Well, I'm excited. I- Chad's actively texting the boss to make sure this he's getting a thumbs up from dad real quick before we uh, lock this down for certain. But anything hey, else for Brady, guys? Brady, maybe let him know the rating you gave him. Yeah, uh, I, I did have one last quick question. Who is the most likely to put, I don't know, maybe like a little foundation or some concealer for their potential time in the spotlight? <laughs> what <laughs> uh, for the for the the let it fly for the let like, it fly. Who's going to oh. be getting pretty for the Let It Fly? Um, oh, man. Maybe an extra 10 minutes making sure their hair is just right. Oh, man. That's tough. Uh, Joel DeBlanco. <laughs> <laughs> Safe answer. All right. That's all we got. And Brady Collins, too. I Brady, you were looking, you know, next level good on camera. Concealer, little blush. A little bit of this, a little bit of that, you know. I think I think I saw some eyeshadow, a little bit of yourself. Did you did you guys see Orlovsky, Dan Orlovsky today on the ESPN this morning? He he was he was running late to get in to uh they called him in and asked him to do a segment like an hour earlier than he was supposed to be in. And he said he was driving in through through uh Connecticut. He's at a stoplight and he's putting on makeup at the stoplight and there's a car full of like four high school girls at the stoplight next to him that are looking at him like, what the hell are you doing, dude? <laughs> That's Brady at, at higher ground in the, uh, in the civilian bathroom, getting, getting the eyelashes just right. Brady, your cut is in five minutes. You've been in the bathroom for 20. What is going on? <laughs> I'm so happy I asked that question. <laughs> oh man, there's oh. there's no touch up going on here. Trust me. <laughs> oh, we're going all mustache for camp, just like we did in the uh, the run for the championship last Ooh. year. Just oh, so okay. you know, by the way, you're allowed to give this 
this call-in code to anybody you want to come on with you if we get you from higher ground. So, like, if you want a special guest. Oh, you can, I will do out 100% I will do that. There might be, like, 10 guys behind me. Well, but I'm saying even if you want to give someone specifically, like, go use this code on your laptop and call in, and we can have you and that person. Oh, like, say no more. Same. There's going to be a lot of options because everybody's going to be in the same place at the same time. Kaz is going to be so mad at us. He's going to be pissed. It's awesome. <laughs> the, the BBP happy hour, higher ground edition. You know what's beautiful? Kaz has never even bugged me once about Brady coming onto this show because he knows there's probably nothing he can like. <laughs> he, he can't stop it. He can only hope to contain it. So he hasn't fought this at all. I have not ever heard one word about Brady being on this podcast, which shocked me because when we started doing it, I was like, man, this is going to be a problem. It all changes after tonight. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> it was a good run. <laughs> Brady, I'll see you Friday morning. Ooh, I love that. Sounds good. Sounds good to me. Good morning. It'll I, be a great, a great morning. It'll be a great morning. Oh, by the way, by the way, Velvet Smoke is closed. It's not going to open while we're Next. out there. But, Next. but Justin and I were on the phone for like half an hour, 45 minutes last night, examining the area around higher ground we think we found something there's a little mom and pop diner spot called nick's right off of that harrison exit where velvet smoke is and they've got like a bar no 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 there's no time for a bar this is camp aaron get your get your head oh, on straight no, no you, you meant complained the diner with you the bar thank oh, you okay. thank you Brent. i thought you meant a bar like no bar to drink. no you I don't know. I didn't. I didn't see if they had a bar or not. All I saw was pictures of the food. Otherwise, it's not a diner, right? It might. It might not be a, an actual. It might just be a home, like a home restaurant, home style restaurant. I'm sorry, I missed that. That's my bad. That's it was a callback. It was an excellent. It was callback. a callback, and I fucked it up. Okay, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> they have. If you look at the pictures, Brady, go on Yelp. Look at Nick's Diner in Harrison. They have awesome looking home fries. the pieces of getta were like the entire size of a plate omelets country fried steak double decker sandwiches like a total throwback to like 50 years ago and we're gonna give it a try probably friday good to give it a test run to see if it's it's worthy of getting a crew together and going there one day after practice that sounds unbelievable. I'll throw another one out your way. Okay. It's called the Market Grill. I saw that. I definitely saw that on the, uh, the, the, the list out there. Yes. Delicious. So you've done Market Grill before and it gets the Brady the, Collins thumbs up. It gets, it gets two thumbs up. Ooh. Ooh. What did La Torta Loca get? Three? Uh, ten. Wow. <laughs> Where did he get all those thumbs? Hit the other people he was with. Wouldn't you like really? to? <laughs> <laughs> if it was, never mind. Never mind. Thanks, Brady. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs> of course. Care, Thank man. you so much, Brady. The uh, number 100 rated overall on, ES, you know, on EA Sports, you know, the upcoming video game. Brady Collins, congratulations. Fantastic. 
I don't know. It wasn't even on that one guy's top 40 list. I know, right? <laughs> he's, he's a, that, that makes him like a 72. Ooh. It's like a 72. Maybe a, six, like a 68, you know? Free agent but with pickup. potential. But with potential. Yeah. You know, 30-plus wins in the past three years. No big deal. It's, but your potential <laughs> rating is a 94. <laughs> <laughs> on camera, it's a 97. On the podcast, a 99. Everything else kind of brings it down, I guess. That's, I guess. You know, I'm in the wrong field, aren't I? <laughs> Possibly. Could be but a anyway. podcast host. Yeah. <laughs> Could be. I mean, he kind of is, but anyway. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on again, Brady. We will all hopefully be seeing you soon. Uh, Chad, we'll see you Friday, and who knows? Maybe Aaron and I will will wally our way down there and see you as well sometime soon. So Good luck at until, camp. Uh, until next time, yeah, good luck at camp, and have fun at, at, at the old higher ground. Can't wait to hear about it. Appreciate it, guys. Take care, man. We'll look forward to doing this again. And no doubt, I'll have some special visitors with us. Love it. See you, brother. Lock it in. Lock See, it you in. See you, Brady. This well, special was... visitor is going to be just cause. Cause <laughs> <laughs> has been a guest on the BCJ podcast. No, like, but he's, he it's going to be him and cause, and he's going to be like, this is it. <laughs> no. yeah, Aaron, Aaron, every single time another like player or someone tries to log on, Kaz just overrides it and just pops up again. He's, and he's got a giant hook pulling him off. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, uh, what was that? Uh, the gong show with yep. the big giant hook. Yep. Get over here. Yeah. Brent, I got a, I got, I got a surprise for Aaron. Oh. I, like I, inclu- I included you in the media pass list. Hey! And I believe you will be sitting next to none other than Brent Young in the press box of football games this football season. Well, surprise. Wish I would have known that before I got season tickets. Yeah, well, you know, still paying to the to the faithful. Every penny counts. Maybe I just stay there until halftime and then just go get a drink. Well, I mean, here's the thing. Like, I didn't know whether it was going to be allowed or not. So I, I just threw your name in and I wasn't told no. Sometimes you pull a rabbit out of a hat. Voila. I thought they were going to be like, look, one of you assholes is more than enough in the press box. <laughs> they haven't had me up in the press box yet. <laughs> so I, I that's the thing. Can you, there, can you keep quiet in the press box? I can promise nothing. Then I can't promise you can go in the press box. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'll, maybe I'll just go back and watch some old film footage and be like, can, can you watch this and not get excited? <laughs> Well, I tell you what, at, at UCF, those uh, those those Knights press press people were uh, man. I felt like I was in a student section up there for a couple of times, but it's a different story. Anyway, gosh, Brady, a, a marathon appearance. That was awesome. That was great. That might have been his best uh, BBP appearance of of many. He did a phenomenal job. There's no doubt about. I think that. I'm I think I'm going to name this pod La Brady Loca. Ooh. Ooh. Live in Le- live in La Brady Loca. Wow, I like it. <laughs> I like it. That was great. I like it. Well, anyway, we, we kind of we usually on. wait till the end, but I, I like yeah. I had to get that one on record. No, you pinned it, it down on my mind, and I might have forgotten about it. Yeah, you don't want to lose that. Live no. in La Brady Loca. Jeez. Well, <laughs> all right, li- we're done. His, That's it. His, That's a wrap. His lips were double red on the uh, Let It Fly video. I tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> Living the Brady Loca. Anyway, Aaron, Oliver Bridges, tell me about him. Um, so one of the things 
this is the third time I've gotten to talk to him. And uh, we've, we've kind of developed a little rapport at this point. And I had him laughing. And, and I don't know if you listened to his Instagram announcement or not, yeah. where he actually you get to hear him talk. But he's got one, some Barry White to him. One of the yeah. questions I asked him was, what's it going to be like when you walk into this locker room and you have the deepest voice on the team the first day? And he just gave me one of these like, it just had like this build. It was it was fantastic. Chad, um, but, Chad, who rivals him on the team? I don't know that there's anybody. Right. I'm trying to like, think. honestly, I don't know anybody that's got bass like that. No like, one. Right. I've never heard a voice like that. Like, it's crazy deep. But uh, you should listen as, to some Barry White. Well, I'm just saying, I mean, on the <laughs> team, some slow vibes. I just mean on the team anyway. Um, but he should the be guy, the guy from uh, Boys to Men. You know, the, the, the guy that had the bass. The one that didn't stay with Boys yeah, to Men. Yeah, the one that left. Yeah. The one that they needed the most, like he separated them from everybody else and he just bounced. He went to the end of the road. <laughs> it makes the instrumental Jesus. bridges real weird. God, I hate you, Brent. <laughs> God, I hate you. And so, Oliver Bridges. I thought you were about to say he was, he tried coming back on bended knee, but Ooh. that wasn't, that was in the so, poster. <laughs> so, the recording uh, has stopped. <laughs> <laughs> so, he, uh, he, what I love about the defensive backs that they put together is it doesn't seem like anybody's really doubling up on another guy. So with bridges, you get a guy who can kind of sneak around from safety to corner or run in the, uh, are they calling it Viper or are they calling it sniper this year? Uh, no, actually it's, it's the, the official name of that spot anymore is called the dollar in the three, three, five defense. Named, um, after, named after Chad dollar, right? Sure. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, we're all fired after today. <laughs> Recording has still stopped. <laughs> um, but, y'all boy, thought Chad, I was kidding with that. Is re- that real? The no, that's what that's what the position is technically in the three three five. Right. It went from the sniper to the dollar. Okay. Okay. So I, I think that's probably where you're going to end up seeing um, Oliver Bridges once he's you know up there or or at least coming up in that position. Uh, that said, he is versatile. He can kind of play around between the the safety and the cornerback position. Um, The key being they've added a bunch of dudes to this class that can cover. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're going to need that in the big 12. No, no fly zone. (laughs) See what I did there? I did. Nobody caught that. You guys just let that slide. No, I I tried to match your corniness and you guys just sat there blank faced at me. I I mean, it's a little disappointing because I still hope that we see it in the ACC, but. Oh, wow. In the ACC or the A-A-C- AAC? ACC. Okay. Oh, wow. all right. This whole growing sentiment that people want to stay in the AAC, the fuck out of here. I'm not here for that. Me neither. Yeah. I mean, at, at best, I think even if you added all the Big 12 teams, I think you're looking at maybe 10 a team. And how? what's that doing? That's just making up the money that you lost with losing your uh, Under Armour sponsorship. We are not I don't want to get too into, deep into that. We're not right. going to turn this into <laughs> another so, one of those. No. In any cases, in any case, though, it's it's good to see you know since I put together the best defensive back class they've ever had. Yeah, and this is going to be something special. So I I guess my question is this: you they have kind of loaded up at defensive back up to this point, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you did see that name crop up um, recently that uh, Arizona State decommit. I've, his name is. Slipping my mind right now, but is are are they still open 
to adding more in the defensive backfield in this class? Uh, Jalen Marshall was the name. Or is it is it something I, where, you know what I mean? It, it seems like they've got quite a lot at this point. I haven't heard Marshall's name up come up like – as a major factor at this point, that's not to say it won't be. And there's a lot of people that believe he's headed for linebacker anyway. Mm -hmm. uh, but what I would say is adding a four star that fits the profile of what Luke Fickle loves. If yeah. you can do it, you'd probably give it a, a swing. But I, I think for right now, the focus is going to shift to offense a little bit. Six three one ninety for Jalen Marshall. Well, that's the crazy thing. The crazy thing. Since you got Ken Willis from from Coleraine, all these dudes have been six one, six two, six three, hundred and eighty, hundred and ninety, hundred and ninety five pounds. When they've gotten those six two six three guys before, they looked like sauce. They were right. 160 pounds soaking wet. Mm -hmm. Like these are dudes that are coming in that already look like dudes. What the finished product starts to look like. Like right. it's, I, I somebody said on the board the other day. Like uh, I'm concerned about getting so many defensive backs, and it's like, well, you're not. You're getting. Remember, you're getting. 17 and 18 year olds. Yeah. They're Darian Beavers was 6'2, 170 pounds. That picture when he graduated high school is crazy. He was 6'2, 160, 170 pounds when he graduated high school. Mm -hmm. He's 6'4, 255 pounds right now. You get guys that fit the mold of a football player right. and then you figure out the rest like Darian Beavers in a lot of a lot of the history of UC football would be a defensive end you know what he was at UConn a defensive, defensive end. end but because there's so much talent and so much going on you've got the luxury to allow him to play linebacker you don't complain ever ever about getting guys 6'2", 6'3", 180 to 200 pounds. You take as many of them as you can get, mm -hmm. and you figure it out from there. And, and <laughs> you know, not to bring up Marcus Freeman again, but when, when you interviewed him last offseason, he said his favorite player that he likes to recruit is a safety, is a defensive yeah, because back. Because they, with they the can size be a corner, the they can be a safety, they can be a yep. linebacker, they can be a wide receiver. They have that athleticism already. And then they got the build you can add to it. So, yeah, well, I, I think you can't take it up. And that's another thing that you can say about Bridges is he does play receiver at, in high school right now. Um, and his dad was a track star, as Chad pointed out, on the boards. Um, I just dove into that last night. His dad liked something that I, I posted. And I, I clicked on his – it said, oh, Bridges won, whatever. His, and I clicked on it, and it was his dad. And it was like, you know – and. It, uh, or NCAA champion or NCAA record holder and, uh, you know, U.S. champion or whatever from the pen relays. I was like, holy crap. So I went down a rabbit hole of Oliver Bridges' dad. I was reading newspaper clippings from Howard University from 1984. 
Did you get the microfiche? Yes, that's what it was. It was the, the, the microfilm from Howard in 1984 that's in great. a story about uh, Oliver Bridges Sr. And he tried to, he was trying to play uh, football and run. Track. He ran, if you're from, are you guys familiar with track at all? Mm. Olympics, yeah. He, he ran the 400 meters. It's not okay. an easy race. 45-5 in the 400 meters. That is, go out to your local football field and look at one the track one lap around the track in 45 seconds that's insane speed i'd be happy to get it in two and a half minutes right now <laughs> uh, like i ran i was a 400 guy in high school that was my favorite race i cracked 50 i ran in the 49s once in my entire career and i was pretty good like i qualified for state i was, was pretty good i cracked 50 one time 45.5 is a speed that I can't even uh, fathom. And, and, and I always go back to this in, in recruiting. When you look at the kids that make it to the pros, there is in, an insanely large amount that have parents that were that type of athlete. Right. College athlete pro athlete, Olympics, whatever, like whatever. If you look on their resume, their parents were in abnormal numbers. You can't teach genetics. Oliver Bridges has genetics. Like that made, I was already bullish on Oliver Bridges. And then I saw his dad was, was the anchor on a four by one or four by one, four or 400 four by 400 or 100 relay team that won the 10 relays from Howard. Like, okay, that's legit. The kids got a type of athleticism that you don't just not, you're not naturally born with. So uh, yeah, I was, I was down the Oliver Bridges senior rabbit hole for like an hour and a half last night. It also might've been because I was trapped in my bed with back spasms uh, and couldn't go anywhere. But it was it was it was very uh, interesting reading, catching up on the Bridges family, and and he's got the size too, which is which is awesome. Yeah, um, great great prospect. Yeah. So Aaron, Chad, we got to dive into the mailbag, and also Chad, I want you to give us anything that you birdies might have told you, Aaron, as well the birdies, um, as far as basketball recruiting or anything. But are we? keeping you know everything even keel is, is the oven turned off for a while is this is this a springboard for a couple more i mean i can we can we not can we keep the nuggets in or are we getting hungry what i, I don't know there's there's not much going on right now we're we're waiting um skillings process got pushed back a couple of days daniel skillings the the wing from philly Yep. Uh, because he went to NBA players camp. So he was supposed to come home last Sunday and kind of start sorting things out. Uh, I think there's a good chance Cincinnati gets a visit. We'll see from there. Um, I, you know, from there, I, I would continue to keep a heavy eye on guys like Jaquan Walton on, uh, Deshaun Nelson. Um, you know, right now, those are probably the main three wing forward type guys that I would keep an eye on, even though I think skillings is maybe more of a two. 
but we'll we'll see where that goes over the next couple of weeks. Like the basketball team right now, the basketball team is is done for the summer. Like they they concluded things Friday. They had their final workout. Uh, they had their final lift session with Mike Rayfeld, as we saw the video that came out today. Um, so it's it, basketball is going to take a little bit of a backseat here for a week or two, uh, which is always good because we're about to go full blast into uh, to camp higher ground. And we will have a full camp preview with me and Dave on Thursday. And Brent will have his defensive articles uh, previewing camp coming out this week as well. And then I know Aaron's going to try to get out there with me this weekend. I know somebody uh, will to lead into the mailbag. Somebody asked me what the content plan is. Um, expect pretty much every day uh, you're going to get a, a camp report from me with notes from camp uh, Friday. So this things changed. I, I was originally told a couple weeks ago that camp was gonna they were gonna report this coming friday and then the first practice would be saturday now they are reporting thursday and the first practice is friday Mm. when i thought that the first practice was going to be on saturday i agreed to fill in for mo egger on friday and when I agreed to do that, I also scheduled Justin Williams to be in studio with me for oh, an hour. No. <laughs> oh no! So we're gonna do both. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna cover camp Friday morning out at Camp Higher Ground, and then Justin and I might go to Nick's in Harrison and get some grub, and then head to uh, Kenwood, and we'll do a uh, full first day of camp hour to open the show the mo egger show on friday that works uh, out yeah it works out pretty good so um it, it's i think that'll probably uh and i'll have the the podcast of it posted after we get done that'll probably serve as the camp report for friday mm-hmm. because the first day they're in helmets like there's yeah. you can't nobody's blocking anybody they're, they're not they're, the, the first day is kind of like just getting everybody out there and up to speed and getting everything going. Um, so that'll probably be the content for Friday. And then I know Aaron said he's going to try to make it out Saturday and Sunday. If you want to come down, you're more than welcome. Um, and then who knows with Dave, Dave's a wild card. Wild card. Chad, uh, but what? One, one last question on skillings before we dive into the mailbag. Um, his, his numbers at the MBPA camp. Is that something uh, – at what point no. does it teeter? Is, is it just it everyone's out teeter. there trying to get it, get their own? No. It's 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 it, – look, his numbers were still fine for right. that setting. Right, yes. He was still shooting 50% or so from the field. He was connecting from three. It's a, it's a strange setting because you are taking – there were only 60 guys this year. You are taking these guys, plucking them from all around the country – Introducing them, giving them one like two hour session to get to know each other and then throwing them out on the floor to play. Right. You don't ever take numbers from NBA camp, NBA players camp all that seriously. Um, Some guys are built for it. Some guys are built. Give me the ball. Get the hell out of my way. I'm going to go get some buckets. 
those guys usually are uh, very high draft picks in the NBA draft a year later. Mm-hmm. Um, Skillings doesn't fit that bill. So, no, I mean, he was still scoring like eight, six, eight, ten points a game in that type of setting. That's that's kind of what you want to see from a kid. Um, just to prove that he was he belongs. If, if he was, you know, one for four, one for five every game with, with three points, I would be concerned. The fact that he was getting in that six, eight, ten point range every game, I think that's for where he is in his development. I think that was probably about what I expected. Um, and this is – I've been to NBA players camp I think six times. And that's where I first met Kyle Washington in 2012. So I, I have some experience dealing with like what success at NBA players camp looks like. No, I'm not concerned with, with Daniel Skilling's averaging, I think six points a game, seven points a game. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. All right, Aaron, take it away. Let's wrap it up quick. All right. Let's see how quickly we can burn through these. <laughs> what she said. That's fine. What season do you think compares to the excitement and expectations for the football team this year? the lead up to the 09 football team or the no. 2000 basketball team or another? Absolutely not 09. Cause there wasn't a lot of lead up to that. They weren't ranked preseason. We, we talked about this, the, the defense lost D'Lo and Mickens and Barwin. And you know, there, there was, there was not a lot of mega hype leading into 2009. I guess it would be Kenyon's team, but I, I don't even know if that fits because Kenyon wasn't, Kenyon going into that year he wasn't Kenyon until that year kind of like the 019 in football until that year progressed and people saw how dominant he was he was a very good player as a junior he wasn't the best player in the country going into his senior year um I don't know 93 basketball they went to the final four they returned everybody but Herb, right? You might have to go back to 93 before you get a team that has had the type of hype that this football team has. I, I came up with it. Like, we created an, an entirely new storyline tonight that I hadn't really processed in my brain. The different personality of this team compared to the very straightforward, yeah. like you guys have watched the videos with 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 Dokes and with uh, Derek Forrest and even yeah. with Wiggins, like he didn't say a whole lot. Like I don't think these guys are going to say a whole lot, but their personalities are so much different mm-hmm. and they're so much more engaging. I think that's really going to come out over these next five weeks of Let It Fly to set up the story of this season as we're, as we're getting close to it, it, that thought got me a lot more like, like hype for what these next three weeks are going to hold as we go through higher ground and then get back to campus and get ready for the season. Cause I, this is a fun group, man. You, you saw in, in let it fly. You saw my with shades on and sauce with the drip that that chain was, that, pretty that, sick. That charm is nasty, man. Yeah, that charm with the drip, like literally, it's got drip. The sauce is dripping off of the charm. Like, 
this is going to be a fun, fun team to cover. Wiley's nuts. Like everybody knows, like Josh and I have messed around since he was in high school. Like we have this, you know, kind of joking fake rivalry where we, you know, pick at each other and, and joke around and have fun. Um, this is a team that has a lot of personality and I'm fascinated. I, I don't, I, am I wrong? Am I, am I wrong to think 93 coming off of final four was I mean, the last my, time in my lifetime? I haven't had anything with this much, you know, excitement heading to it. So it's, I mean, it's certainly the, the most, I don't know, just, just anticipated football season ever for right. Cincinnati. And I Without think, that, I think the way that basketball ended has kind of propelled like football, even that much higher. Yeah. I mean, of course the basketball teams had a huge comeback already with, you know, even just filling out the roster, but I think if I people know. were still down about basketball, you'd be, you'd definitely have a point, but I think people are rebounded on basketball to where they're not expecting big things, but nobody's like, freaked out anymore everybody's kind of rowing in the same direction the focus is definitely on football but um i I think people are excited now again for what basketball holds yeah people were down then west fired us up and then we were like oh wait football's coming up (laughs) now we're gonna let it fly we just wrote it (laughs) yeah we let it fly after that this is cool to see both programs where they are right now you two cheesy asses are wearing off on me and i Hate it. You're welcome. You're smiling. All right. With, <laughs> with 16 high school commits in the fold, what positions are the staff still trying to fill? I think that you can tell by how many recruits they brought in just this past week alone. They're probably trying to figure out something with the offensive line. That yeah, I this, think quarterback goes without being said. Yeah. Quarterback, offensive line, tight end. Um, I think our three, you know, ultimate priorities to add to this class um quarterback we know they're still working pretty hard on luther richardson richardson doesn't plan to decide until after his high school season so that one's got a while to play out do they find somebody when you start getting senior tape at quarterback that moves ahead of richardson maybe what's crazy to me what's nuts to me Richardson goes through this like entire elite 11 process finishes as the number five quarterback at the elite 11 and doesn't get a ratings bump. Hmm. What, why are we doing it? Why are you, why, why is he being evaluated? Why are these guys, kids being evaluated? If they're, they're, their ratings don't go up and down when you get to watch them for a fucking week. What was interesting to me, what was interesting to me is with Oliver Bridges making his commitment, I went back and read, my previous articles on him and he's lost a whole hundredth of a point since that's yeah, but that's a hundredth of a point where we really like stressing a hundredth of a point. But I mean, to go from 0.86 to 0.85, part of me wonders like, is that because he was crystal balled to a G five instead of a P five? But no, anyway, more kids have gotten a bomb in the past two to three years. So I, I have a hard I think we lost him. Yeah, he's just his back is spasming. Right now. <laughs> we lost you for a minute. You had a hard time. That was where we my lost point. You. Is, my point is, if if you're gonna have all of these scouts and like evaluators at the elite eleven watching these quarterbacks, 
And a kid goes out and balls out and shows he he's able to compete with the top five or six rated quarterbacks in the country. How does he not get a ratings bump? Right. It's probably, it's maybe a good thing for UC because it keeps the kid kind of, you know, lower profile. Mm -hmm. Um, But I, I, I don't understand that. Like, I I don't understand that side of the business and I I work in that side of the business and I, I have questions about it. It doesn't, it doesn't make a, a ton of sense to me. All right. Next question. Uh, we are we are done with the football side, actually. Mm-hmm. So moving on. Let's to- let's power through basketball. We are basketball. at two hours. Uh, was Wes able to see Paul McMillan play this summer? Yes. You did say yes on the boards. Is there a timeline on when Skillings will make a decision? I think we already covered that. He should be cutting down his list and setting up visits here in the coming week or two. Uh, where do you think Sean Jones commits to Marquette Xavier Pitt also did Marquette continue to recruit Sean Jones or did West move on? Um, I don't think, I, I think there were some reasons that uh, schools cooled on Sean Jones and he ends up at Marquette. And Chad. I don't think it's the ability of Sean Jones. Chad, did, did sense of ball surprise you? No, not really. Uh, his, if you look at his list, the thing we were told about his family is that they were very, very uh, high level academics motivated. If you look at his list, Stanford, Virginia, like it's there, the academic side of the process mm-hmm. played a very high uh, factor in Bryce Sinzabal's list. And that's not a knock on Cincinnati's academics. That's just saying, if you look at that list, there's there's one factor outside of good basketball that ties through all of those schools, and it is a a very high level of academics. So it did not right. surprise me. Um, I, I thought they might sneak in there towards the end, but uh, I wasn't shocked that they didn't. Right. I, I don't think they were getting him because he's got a chance to go to some places that you know his family values very uh, very highly. Uh, Chad, you gave us the top five wing targets. Can we get the top five bigs? Uh, Sage Tolentino. There it is. Um, I think if they add another big, it'll be a, a transfer portal type. And I think it's likely that they do. But it is uh, August. And uh, finding out who the transfers are won't happen for a long, long time. So... I don't think there are many other high school bigs uh, to keep an eye on at this point. I'm sure you still can't tell us what, but is the recruiting news you referred to last week on the basketball side still at play? Which way is it trending? Still at play and stop asking me questions about it. When I can give you more information, I will. You've been tossed into an insane asylum. What do you tell the people there to prove to them that you don't belong inside? If I've been tossed in an insane asylum, I probably belong. So I'm just going to be like, what's up, fellas? <laughs> We're here. Let's make the best of it. Like, you know, I don't think there's an accidental opportunity where I'm tossed into an insane asylum. I'm a people person. I deal with the damn customers. What's wrong with you people? <laughs> I am the manager, yo. <laughs> That's what I tell. Um, I would sit them down and I would have a conversation and they would say, 
okay, this guy, this guy's not belongs here. He should fucking be here. That's what they would say. Well, if you sat would, him down and they had a conversation. It would be a 40,000 <laughs> word soliloquy. We are back. <laughs> I am not insane. And here are Bugs. the 17 reasons why. <laughs> Bugs. I hate bugs. Bugs drive me crazy. Crazy. I was crazy once. <laughs> Uh, looking like we may be leveraging the portal for our roster needs. We already talked about that. And um, everything else is just comments, it looks like. So we did plow through the basketball side. The majority of them were either Chad responding to people or other people responding to people. What I tried to do was respond to the yes or no questions so we didn't have to ask them the, on the pod and you still ask them. So here we are. Well, you threw me off. You, this, this was a new thing. I didn't. I didn't know what you what you were really doing here. I was trying to trim the fat so we could, you know, have more Brady time. <laughs> so we so we didn't have a two hour and forty five eh, minute podcast. We embrace it. It's fine. Yeah, I agree. It's fine. Well, Dave, I, on the other hand, is hell bent that it'll never happen. It's yeah. gonna happen at some point. I just don't know when. I don't well, know when. If you add up your two shows this past week, it we still didn't get over two hours. hours. I know. Yeah. You need a Vanini. Kind of upset the Vanini pod didn't get more more conversation because I thought that was really good. Like Chris really knows what he's talking about, and 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 in a <laughs> that's the problem. Style, yeah, in a style that he doesn't act like he knows more than he does. You know what I mean? Like I think yeah. that probably is the problem when it comes to conversation. He's yeah. very he's very aware of what he knows and what he doesn't know. The BCJ crowd likes it when things go off the rails and they can join in on the crazy as opposed to very structured, good answers where he yeah. makes points well, and you can't well, I think it. that they listened I, I to guess it I, and then went to back to the yeah, expansion thread. I, I fucked up scheduling guests on that one, didn't I? Because I got the one guy that like understands his actual like ability to discuss it without like going over his skis. Right. And and doesn't make a fool of himself. And everybody was like, well, this sucks. <laughs> that guy was smart. This podcast sucks. Exactly. That's why there was no conversation. They're like, we, we want the crazy. <laughs> well, when are you guys going to La Tortoloca? Do I have to schedule a BCJ outing for all of us in La Tortoloca for you guys to get there? I yeah. thought about going on my way home from the airport, but then I was like, that's the wrong way. I want to I want to go lay down on the couch. What about after uh, after a noon game, if there's a noon game on the schedule this year? No, after games, I just want to get home and get work done. Right. Like, because right, there's work. That's the hard. Yeah. Like, you know, noon game, we get out of there at like 5, 530. Yeah, true. Then we got to drive like 30 minutes to Florence. Now, it's close to my two house. Two and a half hours back. Yeah. No, let's it's close that. to my, like, it's it's literally like, 12 minutes, maybe 10 minutes from my house. So it wouldn't be bad for me, but like after all of that and seeing you jerk offs all day, like, I don't want to go have dinner with you. at How, how far away is it from Camp Iron Ground? Far. <laughs> uh, <sighs> we'll figure it far. out. We always do. And, and in the absolute wrong direction for you, Brent, like uh, for me, I'll go there after Camp Iron Ground because it's on my way home. Right. Right. For me, it's, it's a little different. It's almost <laughs> less backtracking for me to go there instead, like after higher ground, than for me to go there from UC and then to go there and then come back downtown. <laughs> well, like from higher ground, you could take the back way 275 and be there right. really quick. Right. 
No, I I think we need to figure out how La Tortoloca can somehow sponsor the BCJ or the BBP before before Just, we even I've dive tried, into I've that. Tried, I've tried to drop hints at La Tortoloca. Like you guys realize, I've driven like thousands of dollars to business here, and they're like, "Oh, thank you, thank you," and I'm like. <laughs> No, I'm not kidding. Like I, and they're like, we appreciate it. Like it's very nice of you. And I'm like, no, but I mean, like I here I, wear these like, hats, put on this you, shirt. You guys owe me like thirty five thousand dollars advertising. <laughs> uh, like, do you realize once a week somebody sends me a picture from La Tortoloca? Like, I can't believe how good this place is. And I was like, I know. Da, da, da. But, <laughs> right, like. They, they they haven't caught on to the fact that they should be a sponsor, like the title sponsor of this podcast. Right. right. Speaking of free advertising, that was just we gave, more. We gave them like 15 <laughs> minutes at the beginning of this podcast of a bunch of giant humans that love food saying it's the best food they've had in Cincinnati. Take them in the go, link. On right. I need, well, they don't have a Twitter. Oh, God. <laughs> I know it doesn't work. I'm going to have to go like play the podcast for them and just be like, listen, (laughs) just listen. Or no, you just walk in, you sit down and just play it really loud. Give them the the aux cord. (laughs) Right. We, we do this for you every week. They'll say, who is this? We're back at it again, guy. Get them out of here. But I will say if they do open in Clifton, we got a good chance. Like we could be like, look, I can get you all the business in Clifton, mm-hmm. all of the business in Clifton. I can get you. There we go. And then they're like, well, you already did that. You dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> you did it for free. <laughs> I'm really bad at this whole, this whole business stuff. Sometimes we, we <laughs> opened with La Torta Loca. We closed with La Torta Loca. Heck, we might even call it. What is it? La Brady? Living the Brady Loca? There we go. Living La Brady Loca is the uh, title of this podcast. At least we didn't just call it La Torta Loca podcast. (laughs) The La Torta Loca podcast. (laughs) Get us out of here before. (laughs) Get get us out of here before we do any more advertising for them. Yeah, we're done. Anything else out of you guys? You guys good? No, I'm out. Yet again, another marathon fantastic episode here of the Bearcat Bounce Podcast. Thank you for listening to the BVP presented here on BearcatJournal.com.